Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Discovering Amazing Possibilities podcast. I'm your host, Carmen Shields, and I do have a guest with me today, Katie Sue. Katie is an ADHD advocate and content creator. She is the co-founder of ADHD Social, and she also has a podcast herself called KDHD. Yes, I said that right. <laughs> welcome, Katie. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's kind of a mouthful. The the KDHD podcast. Um, it's it's got a lot of letters. And hi, and I'm I'm happy to be here. Well, today we're going to be talking about creating amazing possibilities on the ADHD journey. But before we get uh, into that topic, can you just share a little bit about yourself and how you got uh, started on becoming a content creator and advocate for ADHD? Yeah. So, um, in 2020, I think a lot of us. Um, had a hard time because we were all, you know, isolated away from others. And so I think that a really big comfort for me and for a lot of people was to download TikTok. And so I actually wasn't like really into social media or any of that. You know, I had an Instagram, but I didn't have a huge following, you know, just a small following from my hometown. And I thought, well, I'll make a TikTok because I was really into art and graphic design back then. Oh, and so I thought that, and I was really into graphic design at the time and and design in general, and I thought, wow, this could be a really great outlet for me to share my art and my ideas and my designs, and so I downloaded it, not really expecting um, anything out of it, and ended up on, like, a bunch of, you know, my For You page was covered in everything that was, like, all my interests, everything I loved, and it was fantastic for me, and I was like, wow, this is the perfect For You page for me, and all of a sudden, I started seeing these posts about ADHD and how it how it looked in women or how it presented in women, and I started to really relate to a lot of the other content creators in the group, and, like, these started following them, started interacting with their content, and just, like, really kind of embraced it. You know, after a while, I think the first few I saw, I was a little bit in that kind of like denial, like, well, everybody does. Oh, if these are true, everybody has ADHD. Or, you know, I started thinking those same things that a lot of people go through just because it was such a great reflection of of my life and in my past life as well. And like how I've reacted as a kid and a teenager and all the things that I've always wondered why, you know, started to make sense. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think I have ADHD. (laughs) And so you know, it kind of then the journey began, right? After that kind of phase of denial, it kind of becomes of the possibility of like, what if? And that curiosity. And I thought, you know, I I don't know, it's worth a shot. And I love quizzes and tests and those little, I don't really love tests, but you know, like I love to figure out, you know, like what Harry Potter character are you or what character are you from Friends or, you know, things like that. And so I was like, oh, this will just be like that. And I'll find out if I'm Rachel or Monica. And so I take it and I take a bunch of free online tests, you know, online and um, they came back as like the extreme of ADHD. It was, it wasn't just, oh, you're, you're hyperactive or, oh, you're inattentive. It was like, you, you are a hundred percent (laughs) both. It was like, I marked off everything and I thought, oh my gosh, this cannot be a coincidence. And I thought for a little bit, you know, maybe I'm being overdramatic or maybe I'm thinking in this too literally or, you know, there's got to be something. And so for a little bit, I kind of tried to make sure that I could rule everything out. And so during that process, I made a long list of of all my, all the things I was seeing on TikTok, all the things that related to my ADHD, and then, you know, what was in the DSM, and then related them back to my my life, not only right now, but just all of my life. And I made a list. I made an appointment with my doctor. And before all this happened in 2020, I was a full-time student 
and I was really struggling with school and I was really struggling with my memory. And that was something that me and my doctor were already exploring. I was like, do I have dementia? Like, I remember telling her, like, I was 29 at the time. And I thought, I, I there's something wrong with my brain. Like, we need to do a brain scan. I don't have the attention span most people do. I can't stay on a topic for too long. I'm easily distracted. And I was, we kind of put it in, like, the anxiety category for a little bit. And, you know, I do connect with a lot of things that come with anxiety. But she's like, well, maybe, the, you know, it's depression. And with women, you know, I think that a lot of times we're just throwing a dart at a map and, and kind of going like, okay, what is it? And so we we did that for a long time. And so I wasn't like coming in there hot with like, I think I have ADHD. I went in there as like, hey, I know we brought up all these different things, but like, I think it actually might be ADHD. And my doctor, you know, she looked at my folder that I had printed out my lists and all my tests and everything. And she kind of just looked at me and she goes, you know, I've actually been thinking a lot lately that I might have ADHD. <laughs> okay, but you know, you're, is that a yes or no? You know, is that like, what is that? And so she kind of looked it over and she goes, you know, a lot of women are are getting diagnosed right now because of the way that women present ADHD or how ADHD is looked in women. And she was just talking my language, right? I was like, oh my gosh, she really gets it. And she was so understanding. And I think that she was at the point where she w- had really had a full scope of me and really understood me as a whole person. And so she was able to kind of go, okay, you know what, this thing that we've been trying to figure out, this makes sense. And I was really lucky. And I'm really thankful I had that experience because unfortunately a lot of people don't have that experience. But I think because my doctor, maybe she had the same for you page as me, you know, what, who knows? Sorry, this is like the most long story. I I'm totally ADHDing out right now. Um, so then it comes with the diagnosis. I get the diagnosis and, um, you know, my golden ticket. And it felt so great to have that validation. And then there's also this feeling of like, okay, what now? How do I tell everyone? You know, how do I tell my parents? How do I tell my friends? How do I tell my partner? Like, how are they going to react? Because I knew that those same biases that I had when I first started learning about ADHD and those same stigmas and just like misunderstandings of what ADHD was was probably inside me because of the people around me and how I grew up. And like a lot of us, you know, we're not exposed. And I wasn't exposed to ADHD besides, you know, knowing that like mostly boys, hyperactive boys had it, which is completely, you know, wrong. That's if that being the only thing it's, you know, it is because it's not, it's so much more complex than that. And so I didn't have a whole idea of what ADHD was. And so I felt like I had to educate those around me and say, Hey, you know, all those things that you've been making fun of me my whole life about, and I, and I just never seem to get a grip on, no matter how much I try, no matter how much effort, no matter how many tutors you gave me or p- tools you put into place, all those things have a name. And this is, this is it. It's ADHD. And this is how it looks like in my life. And so I felt like that was going to be the best way to get around it because so early on in your diagnosis, you're kind of fragile, but because you you feel so good, you're like, oh my gosh, I got all this validation and I know what I have and no one's going to tell me different. But at the same time, you are, you are fragile where you might get defensive or you might, you know, it's just a whirlwind of emotions. And I thought the best way I can protect myself and validate myself is to make these, make this little funny video that I thought no one would see and give it and send it to my parents or put it on TikTok or whatever. And it would help validate me and protect me in my way, my, my peace and my understanding and kind of that like validation that I had received. And so I I made a video and all of a sudden my 
poor little TikTok that had like 50 followers all following me about my art all of a sudden just grew and exploded and the video ended up going viral. I think right now it's probably at like eight or nine million views. And yeah, it was something I was not prepared for. And then I thought, well, now great. Now I really do have to show my family this video and tell them about it and call them. And I think that my my mom is is my biggest fan. She's so supportive. And I think that for her, it might have been like a little bit of a setback because she's the type of person who would be like, oh no, what did I do wrong? How did I miss this? Blah, blah, blah. And so I was kind of delicate with her and I kind of worried about how she would take it. But of course she was super supportive and she's been like the biggest fan and supporter of me. And then I, you know, I'm I'm worked up a little bit and I call my dad and I'm like, oh my God, can we cuss? Are we, am I allowed to cuss? You can bleep it out. So I call my dad and I go, Hey dad, blah, blah, blah. I mean, my dad have a very casual relationship and I go, you know, I went to the doctor and um, I actually found out that I have ADHD and he goes, yeah, no shit. Mm. He, he was not surprised. He was like, no way. Like, oh, duh. Like, that's literally what he said. He was like, no shit. Like, of course you do. And all of a sudden, like, okay, because it felt good because I think there are times where we all kind of go like, is this a big of a deal as I'm making it? Is it really impacting the others around me? Or is it just impacting me? Is it something that others see? Is it an invisible illness? I think a lot of people talk about it being an invisible disorder. But then it, it felt so good to hear my dad be like, yeah, I've, I've been, I raised you. I know that you have ADHD because it was so obvious in so many ways. It was so like concealed. And I thought I was being, you know, really good at masking or whatever. And I didn't even know what masking was back then. But you think that you have it undercover for a little bit and you even question if you're normal or neurotypical and there's all that denial and all that. And to hear him be like, yeah, I know. It was like, oh, okay, good, good. Now I got to go tell everybody else. Thanks for the for the love and support. And I guess that's kind of, you know, my journey to advocacy started with them. And I didn't really have to advocate or explain very much, which I'm super thankful. Both my parents are completely supportive and encouraging and and willing to learn and and all of that stuff, which I think is great. And then I thought, well, I got to tell more women about this because it's not just me. I was 29 at the time getting late diagnosed. You had a late diagnosis. What was yeah. That? Yeah. What was that like? Oh my, it's weird. It's still weird. It's, it's, it's really weird. Um, I'm still getting used to it. I'm still like, I need to get better because I'm such an advocate online, but like in person, like I'm super chill, laid back and like, you know, in a small group of people, I might be the life of the party, but I don't want to be the life of the party of like a big party. Like it's, <laughs> I, and so I, I wasn't really expecting expecting for this like big change to happen and really change my life and I'm still adjusting to telling people I have ADHD I'm still adjusting to being an advocate when I'm more of like a peacemaker at times and I'm more of somebody who just likes to make sure everybody's getting along and the thing about acceptance is there's a huge part of it that becomes advocacy and we have to really teach people about ADHD and that's been something I'm not I'm not necessarily used to I want to stand up for what I believe and I want to teach people but I also I I don't know it's like it's just a really I think that adjusting to the fact that I have something and I have a diagnosis has been a huge adjustment in my life um the way I talk to myself is a lot different than I used to be used to talk to myself I think I've always been super hard on myself because of the things that we hear and you, you know you need to focus you need to do this you need to do that and instead now I'm like oh I really struggle with this so I need to set up tools that work for me or you know those moments where I want to be hard on myself I, I'm learning to let go of those things you know I think that also 
just being open. I don't, I don't know it being late diagnosed is so weird because I still have days where I'm like, I have ADHD and this is it. And then I have other days where I'm like, oh, do I? Have I, is, if I'm making this up, have I, am I too much in my head? Am I making a big deal about it? Because my whole life I've been told, oh, you're over dramatic or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so of course, like those thoughts are still in my head when I, when I feel something so strongly and I understand something where it really does encompass me and make sense to me. But there are days where I'm like, when I do really great or when I'm really, really successful that I'm like, oh, well, someone with ADHD couldn't do this. And that's wrong. But I still, sometimes I get that feeling like, and then it's like, oh, but then I try to write an email and it takes me 40 minutes just to start one sentence. Or, you know, I almost have a panic attack driving to the grocery store. Or, you know, I can't read a book without going back and forth 24 times reading the same sentence. I mean, there there are so many things that it's make so much sense. It's fits all. No, it's it's not. And people with ADHD can be very successful when they learn their strengths and when they learn how to use them. But and so on those days where I really use my tools and I set myself up for success and I am successful at something, it is hard for me to be like, you know, it's I think being late diagnosed, there's something about it because it's like you've made you've gone your whole life doing fine, you know, in quotations, fine. And then all of a sudden I have this diagnosis and it's like, well, I made it this far. What do I need to change or how do I need to change it? But I need someone to remind me once in a while and be like, hey, remember when you were going to the doctor because you thought you had dementia, you were diagnosed with anxiety, you had all these problems and issues and you couldn't figure out. And for once in your life, you have answers. And that part of my brain, I've had so much more peace on that side. There's, it's not that trying to look for answers and wonder why all the time or why can't or all those shoulds and all those things. They're not as loud anymore because I have answers. And I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, I was late diagnosed also myself and last year. So it's it hasn't been a very long time. I was 30, 35 and 36 now. and But I had that kind of same feeling. It's like, okay, I have the diagnosis. I have the, all the information. Now what? How do I live my life differently? Do I need to live my life differently? Do I need to implement different tools to live my life? And then, you know, I think society puts this ADHD in a box that it's a disability. And yeah, it might be a disability in in some respects, but it's also something that's unseen. That's, like you said, we went our whole lives living a certain way, not even knowing we had ADHD until like you were 29, right? And I was 35. And it's, Yeah. yeah, so just coming into that space of acceptance and how you said quieting those voices that might have been a little bit louder in the past not so much anymore yeah so you you came into this space of acceptance and you were kind of had this feeling of relief in a sense that you had Um, an answer yeah it was I mean that validation is so helpful and it's when you talk about the stages there's like it's kind of like the stages of grief I think you come and then you know healing is not in a straight line we all know that so it's like I think every day is a different day, but I'm having better, more good days now and less days worrying about how to fix me, how to like, why can't I do this and being hard on myself and like those voices I'm talking about. I'm talking about that feeling of feeling like your whole life you've been doing something and you just seems like everybody else has the answers. Everybody else has the cheat sheet and things are just easier for them. But then for stupid things, and I hate to say that, but like for things that there, there are so many amazing things that I'm good at. And I'm like, how can I learn how to do that in a day? But I still don't know how to do like long, 
<laughs> long division. <laughs> you know, like they're there. I, I, I don't know. It, it's kind of funny where my strengths lie. And I try to appreciate the, the moments of dopamine and the hyper fixations I get and all these like skills I've learned how to do so quickly. And I've also like appreciate my resiliency. And I know a lot of people don't think of ADHD years being resilient, but I really like, I try to preach that the most is that we are the most resilient people I've ever met because every day we're faced with adversity and every day we've had to figure out a way that to make us do whatever we need to do in some way or the other. And so we've been knocked down. We've been talked down to most of our lives and somehow we're still here succeeding, inspiring others, creating communities. I mean, we, we are extremely resilient and I am thankful for that. I'm not thankful for all the shit I've had to go through, but you know, I'm here and I, I've made it somehow. So I guess I'm thankful for that. So what are some tips you can share with others that who might be feeling the same way, and, but are afraid to really t- take that first step in getting a diagnosis? Ooh, yeah, that's, it's tough because it's kind of scary. And I, I think that people think like it's really exciting to go through, but like the diagnosis process in general, no matter what country you're in, is so challenging. It's not only challenging for, you know, children to get diagnosis, but f- for adults to get diagnoses. And they're starting to put parameters around things where certain places are not diagnosing adults or even medicating adults after a certain age. And there's so much stigma still built around. And so it it is a really scary process. And I, I think that, and I hate to scare people away from it, but I just think it's smart to be prepared or be even over-prepared if you can, which is, is unfortunately what I did. But I think that you have to start with yourself. You have to start with that acceptance piece on your own. And I know that's really hard. I think acceptance piece saying, oh, you just have to work on your acceptance sounds so easy. But I like I just said five minutes ago, I I go back and forth every day. It's still something I'm working on. But you just have to have enough to get to the next step or enough curiosity or motivation to try. Um, One thing I tell people a lot, which sounds so silly when it comes out of my mouth, but pretend you have ADHD. Go through your entire day and just pretend you have ADHD. So when you when you have things that are challenging you or when you have things that you have those voices in your head that are more are tougher on you for some reason, just go like, hey, I have ADHD and people with ADHD often struggle with this. And these are the tools that I need to implement. And just talk to yourself differently. And after you do that for a whole day, you're going to realize it makes a huge impact on your life just knowing. And then... If you feel like everything you said fits and makes sense and those things work for you and you've taken the test, you've done the research, maybe you looked into your family history. I mean, look into examples that you have in your childhood. There are so many really, that's what they really want to look for. And so start to look back. And I know that some people usually with ADHD have trouble with like recalling long memories and like old memories. And so... And if you have a good relationship with your parents, maybe just ask them what you were like as a kid. And you don't have to go out and say, hey, I think I have ADHD. But, you know, maybe think about, you know, yourself and you know things that you've experienced and things that might have been traumatizing or affected you in a way. Maybe ask like, hey, was I hyper? Was I a daydreamer? Did I get distracted in class easily? You know, what are some things that were on my report cards? They always want to know about your report cards because they like to have some form of like actual paperwork to be like, hey, look. And so- my report cards would say distracted easily in class, talks too much in class, interrupts others in class, doesn't do well during tests because I was such a big daydreamer that like I would miss the class entirely or I would try really, really hard to focus 
And then me trying really hard to focus, I'd still end up missing everything that they said was important. And I, I learned recently when I would take notes, and this is just a recent thing, I would write down everything people said while I'm taking notes. Turns out you're only supposed to write down the important things people say, but I'm writing, trying to keep up with every single word they said, so I wouldn't miss anything. But guess what? I missed everything. And so there were just a lot of like those little flags growing up that I'm starting to like even decode now. Or There's some days where I open up the fridge and I think of a funny, uh, quote unquote, funny memory as a kid. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was, you know, that was ADHD. And so I think that if you're ready to take that step, you there are some tough things ahead to be prepared for. And I, you know, and I'm still a huge advocate in self-diagnosis as well. You know, I don't, I'm not going to stop anyone from, learning about themselves, accepting their ADHD and going forward with their life and stop them because they don't have a piece of paper because it's, 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 it is the golden ticket. When I said that, I don't mean it as a joke. I mean it as a like, Hey, I'm really lucky and fortunate that I got this and it's not accessible to everybody and it's not easy. And so I'm really thankful for it. And I would encourage anybody to just kind of, you know, look at, take some tests, look at the DSM, find things in your life now and also in your childhood and preteens. And then maybe if you have a good relationship with your family or your caretakers, maybe reach out to them and see if they have any examples because doctors really appreciate that. And that'll, that'll definitely help with the process. Let's take a quick break and check out a clip from the Momster podcast with Veronica Castellanos. Hey, I am your host, Veronica Castellanos, and every Monday, I hope you can tune in because I'll be dropping new episodes with the Momster Podcast. Motherhood can be one of the trickiest things to maneuver through emotionally, physically, spiritually, and on my episodes, I'm going to talk about all the things, the good, the bad, the ugly, and joyful moments as well. So tune in every Monday, the Momster Podcast, which is part of the Amplify Her Media Network. When you say DSM, for those of us who aren't familiar, what is that? Oh, gosh. I'm going to have to look it up. Okay. I know it's like the diagnostic. Yeah, like like the diagnostic criteria, okay. they have like, um, you might just have to go over this and like input your voice and actually say what it is. <laughs> but it, you know, it has all the different disorders and disabilities right. in there. And it has yeah, like, there's several different categories. You know, it is a little outdated, but it is what the doctors use. And so sometimes you have to use what the doctors use. Um, and so, yeah, and I think that that's a really great way is if you do start, if you look at the DSM and start there, write down and, you know, it's not like you have to buy it on, it's online, go look online, look at the traits for ADHD or whatever, and write those down and start to figure out things that make sense in your life that fit into those categories. And that would probably be one of the first things I would do. And there's tons of free tests online. And there are companies that will give you an official test online too. It's just, you have to shell out some money. And and I know that's not accessible. So I try not to promote those. And because ADHD is growing and not ADHD is growing, but the, how people are talking about ADHD and the awareness is growing, companies are going to, are starting to make money off of that because they're smart and they know that they can. And so I, 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 it sucks because I want people to get answers. I want them to, you know, get that validation, but I'm also a huge advocate in self-diagnosis because it, it, it's really challenging to get diagnosed and it's not accessible to everybody, which is, is really unfortunate, especially when it comes to women or people of color. 
Yeah. And a lot of women, they're getting late diagnosis all the time. Yeah. Have you heard of ADHD as a superpower? This notion of ADHD as a superpower. What are some of your thoughts on this? It really depends on the day. Uh I think that everybody has a point in their journey. And I hear this a lot in our community about ADHD being a superpower. And I think that for some people, they really need that. For some people, it, it gives them a lot of power to say ADHD is a superpower. For me, I also like to keep in mind that ADHD is really hard. It's really hard. It hasn't made my life really any easier. There are strengths I have because of ADHD and there are strengths I have because of things I've had to do in my life because I had ADHD and some way overcompensate. I just like to make sure that people know that with with every superpower, there are what weaknesses. There are things that are are really challenging. And so you can say it either way. I don't really, I mean, I try not to sway one way or the other. It's not my favorite term, but I also know that for some people it can be really helpful and really healing. And I'm so happy for them. And I'm like, you know what? I try not to like yuck anybody's yum or anything like that. Like it's one of those things where some days it does feel like a superpower and I'm like so proud of my brain and I'm so proud of everything I accomplished. And other days it it's like it's fucking hard. Other days it's just fucking hard. Yeah, like it's a superpower and it's like okay, but it's made me late. It's made me get in car accidents because I have poor attention span or you know, I'm impulsive. It's made me get bad tattoos. It's made me, you know, I can make a long list of everything and and you know what, maybe it's of the pros and cons list, but maybe they're neutral. Maybe it's, there's pros and there's cons. And I think that there are people who go, you know what, and even with, with it being a disability, you know, some people really lean into that and they go, you know what, it is a disability because it impacts my life in a negative way. And it makes things in my life harder. That is not harder for everybody else. And then there are this other people in the other camp that believe that it's a superpower. It's not a disability. And I'm kind of like the person that walks between both those camps. And it's like, hey, I brought soup. How is everyone doing? This is really great. You know, like, I just kind of, I'm just glad that people are growing in their own way. And people are at different points in their journeys. And it can be really empowering in both camps because it is really empowering to go, you know what? I have something and it makes my life fucking suck sometimes, but here I am. And then it also feels really good to say, you know what? I have something and it's my superpower and it makes me do better every single day. Both of those things can still be good for those people. And I'm happy for both of those people. And I'm in one camp one day and the next camp the other day. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's two sides of like you said, there's the pros and the cons and just like anything else, you know, yeah, our good days, there's our bad days, there's our strengths and weaknesses, there's the things we can really, that can really contribute to our life because of ADHD. Mm-hmm. And then other times where it's like, we leave our keys in the refrigerator. I don't know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many times I've done stuff now. And like I said, that pretending thing, there's so many times where it felt really good to just be like, oh, well, that's life and laugh it off because there's so many times where I've beaten myself up over the tiny little small things. Like I didn't twist a cap on the salt hard enough and I've now I've got salt all over my house or, you know, like forgetting to lock the doors and things like parts of ADHD can be really debilitating and really dangerous and not great. And it really, it could affect And like, there are wounds that others don't see that I think really affects it, like my self-esteem in general. And I think that those are things I'm still working on. And maybe when my self-esteem is a little stronger and I'm a little tougher, maybe I will be in that Superman superpower camp. 
but it it's still, like I said, it is really validating for somebody else to go, well, it fucking sucks, <laughs> you know? Of course. Yep. So maybe that is the superpower to <laughs> just having that awareness to say to yourself, oh my gosh, this is a really hard ADHD day. Yes. Yes. And be easy on ourselves that day. I like to ask all my guests on the show about creating amazing possibilities in their life. So what's mm-hmm. one amazing possibility that you've discovered on your journey with ADHD so far? One thing is that it's not just me. It's like the community, right? This is where I'm going to get emotional. I always cry on podcasts and I think that it's so new, you know, it's just so fresh and it's so new and I'm, it's something I've never experienced before I've been on cheer teams I've been on softball teams and gymnastics and I've done all these things where I've worked in with groups and worked in different communities and I never felt more authentically myself and more supported and understood than I have in in this community the ADHD community and I think that I'm really lucky to have that because I think that all of us have found a way to stand out in a crowd and just not feel like we we really belong there or fit in. And we've found ways to change ourselves or be a certain way to fit into communities, right? And like feel that kind of that sense of belonging. But for the first time, I really didn't have to change anything about myself or or say something or or tiptoe around an issue where I can just be my authentic self around this community. And that's one thing I'm I'm really thankful to be a part of it because it is hard. It's hard being late diagnosed. It's hard coming late to a party and everybody else has got it figured out and I'm still learning and, I, and I'm still learning. I, I'm gonna be learning till the day I die, which I, I'm so thankful for because I do have this, this curiosity and I have those hyper fixations. And for a while it was all ADHD. And so it was really great to get to know myself and, and work on that acceptance with myself alongside other women who were, going through the same thing I was and going like, you know, I started posting those videos and I was super scared and, you know, it blew, one blew up on TikTok and I was like, oh, okay, so now what do I do? And, and I really thought, well, I'm not the only one who's going through this. So I got to keep sharing it because in a, in a, a place where comments could have been awful and we're in a place where I could have been dragged I had so many more people going, oh my gosh, I'm just like this. This is me you know, my daughter is like this, this reminds me of my mom, or me and my mom are just like this, or, you know, like, this is my life, and they're just, like, joking, and and so encouraging, but also just, like, validating, and that sense of camaraderie for the first time, and it, like, fueled my soul in so many ways, where I was, like, I just have to keep creating this, and, and build this community, or just, like, build a part, add on to the community that was already there, and um, so that... You created your own community, ADHD <laughs> Social. Can you tell us a little bit yeah. about that? Yeah. So, yeah, um, I'm a co-founder of ADHD Social. I'm the graphic designer on there, and then I do a lot of the marketing and um, do co-working and stuff on there. It's an online community for people with ADHD, a private community. Um, so how it started um, was I got diagnosed, and I got invited to be a special guest at a, um ADHD conference. And so you know, there was this whole community that I like grown to love online. And then I was going to have the opportunity to meet them in person. And you think I would be so excited, but I was terrified. I was so scared. I had to go back on like anti-anxiety medication for a little bit because I was having these like, this like this panic attacks about this whole trip. And if people I've been talking to online didn't like me and what if they all grouped together and didn't invite me or, you know, I had all these like worries about what it would be like, because for the first time in my life, I had a community that I really trusted and understood and felt like I belonged. 
but but they exist online and I know they're real people but they in my mind they exist online and then for the first time I would be meeting them in person and so all this stuff that I had built up in my brain I was so worried that it would collapse and I they didn't exist you know what I mean that feeling of like what if it's if it's all not fake but you know like what if I ruin it or what if they don't like me or you know all those things because growing up as an undiagnosed neurodivergent I've had that experience before and so I was kind of nervous obviously I was super nervous I ended up talking my mom into going with me because I thought you know what if all these people don't like me or don't want to hang out with me you know at least my mom will come with me and I'm like you know in my 30s then my mom's going on a trip with me so I ended up going to the conference in Dallas and I get there and I surprise surprise I meet the most fantastic amazing people I have the experience of my life the hard shell I had put on all these anxieties I had everything I was nervous about all my fears about the conference went right out the window as soon as I walked in the door because I was surrounded by hundreds of people with ADHD hundreds of people who never have let anybody sit at a table by themselves who have never not interrupted someone you know it was just amazing the energy was electric and I just so much of me just made sense when I was there. All those fears that I keep talking about having about, do I have ADHD or I'm making this up? All of a sudden I was having conversations with people just like me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I get it now. Like it just felt so good. And so I met, you know, three incredible people in person for the first time. I met Jesse J. Anderson. He's huge on TikTok, such a sweetheart um, and super smart, um, Damon Manley, who is a new dad and, and is an incredible ADHD coach. And then one of my best friends in the whole world, um, Trina Haynes all got together and we created an online community for people with ADHD. Cause I think that we, we met, we connected and we're like, how do we do this? And like online, and then how do we create, you know, possible events for the future? Because we really wanted to create more events. We're, you know, the conference just didn't end there. We wanted to make sure that we were providing events for for everybody. And so we got home, all back to our own homes, and I didn't let go of the idea, and either did they, thankfully, and we just kept working and, and launched ADHD Social. And and yeah, I'm so, I'm so happy to have such an incredible team behind me and for all of our dreams to kind of come into fruition and all of these things that we really wanted. Um, all, all of those things are really starting to come together. And it's been, it's been really great. It's been a lot of work. And it's, it's really hard with all the different time zones and we all have ADHD. So you can imagine, but it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's really great. Well, that's how I got connected with you and Trina. I found out about ADHD social and I've really enjoyed being part of the community because not only is it hard making new friends in your thirties, but talk about making new friends in your thirties and you have ADHD. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's like, you know, one of those things when we all have ADHD there. And so there's no explaining. There's no anything you have to worry about. No trolls, no nothing. You can just post on there whatever you want. And, you know, it's still a fairly new community. We're still growing. But I the possibilities of like in-person events are coming up. Like so many things that we've wanted to happen um, are starting to happen. And so, yeah, we're just like so excited. And, and I'm so glad that it got me, you know, for us to connect there too. Yeah. Because I'm connecting with so many people I didn't know. And learning about their lives and they're supporting me. And it's, it's, it's been really great. And there's nothing better than the ADHD community, really. We're really lucky. Yeah, I'm so much of an introvert, but I feel like knowing and being more aware of having ADHD community is really important to me. I don't yeah. know about yourself. 
Yeah, I I think that for me, like we've talked about the validation and the comfort and just the understanding in general with other people who really get it for the first time that I don't have to explain anything to is so healing. And and I love it. That's just good to be, you know, finding that sense of community for the first time, I think for a lot of us can really make a big impact on our lives. So what's one amazing possibility that you feel you still have yet to discover or something that you haven't considered on your journey? I know it's coming to fruition soon. And if you want to share details on that, one thing that's like so close, right? And so I'm like, should I mention that? But in my mind, that's kind of like, it's in my mind, this thing that hasn't even happened yet is already in my past because I'm working on the next, you know, five things. And, you know, so there's a few different things going on right now in my life. And of course, in ADHD fashion, they're all happening all at once because when I have an empty space in my calendar, I fill it up because why would I want to stop and take a break? So I've, I mean, I've got the ADHD women's retreats. That was one thing that Trina and I talked about. And uh, when we were at the conference and when I got, you know, we kind of talked about it in passing. Oh, I would love to do retreats. I want to travel. And I said, well, I want to travel too. Let's, let's do something with this. And I think that she went home and probably went on with her life. And I I messaged her out three days later with a pamphlet and I made a, a pamphlet for a retreat for women with ADHD that didn't even happen yet. It didn't exist. We hadn't even talked about it. I created a logo and everything. And I said, what do you think about this? Lucky, lucky for me, she was so on board. And so it's been something we've been working on for a long time was a way to bring other women together. And, you know, we're both late diagnosed, Trina and I. And so we really connect on that. And we have been connecting with other women with ADHD, late diagnosed and early diagnosed, or even on time diagnosed, right? And so we're like, well, how do we do this? And so we kind of put our love for community and our love for helping women and travel all in one and created these ADHD retreats. And so we, that's how Get Lost, it's called Get Lost um, Retreats was born. Um, A lot of people have talked about how late diagnosed um, women are called the lost girls because we tend, we kind of are, we're forgotten, we're lost, we don't get diagnosed, we don't get the support we need. And so as girls, we really had to, you know, I kind of talk about shaving off our stars and become circles to fit in everybody's mold. And so we've had to do that. And so I've heard from time to time us being called the lost girls. And a part of me really kind of loved that. Because when you think of Peter Pan and the lost boys, they're like these wild boys who aren't tamed, and they're still young at heart and whatever. And I'm like, I feel like that still, I feel like a lost girl. And I don't, and and so I I don't know, I just kind of thought it was kind of cheeky and thought, you know what, let's call it get lost. And so Get Lost Retreats was born, and now we are having our first ADHD women's retreats in September in Jamaica. (laughs) And, you know, we have tons more. We have one in Punta Cana. We're talking about trying to get one in Anaheim so we can do a Disneyland one someday because, I mean, that's on my list. Who knows? And, you know, we're we're planning on going to a ton of other locations. And so we're going to have, you know, women's retreats. We're going to have couples retreats, co-ed retreats, all sorts of stuff all, all over the globe. It's not just going to be internationally, but it'll be um, here in the U.S. as well. And so, yeah, so many fun things. I'm writing a book. I mean, there's Amazing. just... You're doing all the things. <laughs> you know, I really just love to do all the things at once. You know what? it's my favorite time of year. I know I'm sniffling. I know I'm having allergies, but it's springtime and, and 
you know, spring moving on to summer, which is my favorite time of the year because we planted all our flowers. Our garden's going to start growing and gardening is a big part of my life as well. And it's, it's good balance because all day I'm on my phone, I'm on my computer, you know, I'm, I'm working with amazing, incredible people, but it's all online. And so I have to like actually schedule in time to like be outside and see the sun and touch dirt and touch grass, you know? And so, um, I, it's, it's really awesome. It's all happening at once, you know, spring is the time for new beginnings. And I think that this is the year of just incredible breakthroughs and new beginnings in my life. And it's, it's crazy to sit back sometimes and realize like what I've done and what happened. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how many projects I had a hand in and it's, it can get a little overwhelming. It it, it can be a lot, but it's so exciting because the things that I, I wanted to do to help others and the things we've talked about and the designs I've made and everything is really, is really coming to fruition right now. And it's exciting to see how other people are affected by it as well and, and how it's, it's impacting their lives. It's just, it's great. I can't complain. <laughs> well, you're so genuine and you have such an open, kind heart. You really enjoy connecting with others. I can see that. I can tell that from you. So as we wrap up, I want to ask you some rapid fire questions. This is a part of the podcast. Okay. The first one, your favorite hot beverage. Tea. I love tea. I do. I know that's boring, but I love tea. Any kind. It can be chai, gray, green, anything, any color, any kind. Love it. I'm a tea drinker as well. (laughs) Favorite thing to do outside now that the weather is warmer. I know you mentioned gardening. Anything else? Gardening and just... I love going down by the river. I love being in the river. I'm just, I'm like, I love being in the water. So anytime I'm in the garden or in the water. Book you're reading right now or a favorite book? Um, the book I'm reading right now is by Sasha Hamdani. Um, her book is Self-Care for People with ADHD. And I'm reading that right now and it's going really, really, really well. And we're going to probably do it for our next book club. So yay. Awesome. And last question, what's bringing you the most joy in your life right now? I know you probably can't pick just one. I think right now I'm I'm so pumped about the retreat. I'm so happy, elated, and excited. Um, I have an incredible team. Um, our travel agent, Trina, we talk every day and it's the best conversation ever because we're always talking about going to an island and, and doing something exciting. And so it's hard not to be happy and excited about that. And also like meeting other women and doing things like that is going to be incredible. Any last words of wisdom for those listening? Oh, Gosh, wisdom. I, I want to say something funny so bad. And I'm like, no, say something thoughtful. No, say something you thoughtful. can say whatever you would like to share. You know what I would say? I would say do it. I would say do it. Start, start before you're ready. Do something right now before you think you're ready. And I, that's what I would say, because I think that there's been so many times in my life where I waited until I had all my ducks in a row to start something and by then it fizzled out and I didn't, I wasn't interested and I wasn't excited about it. Right now, if you're excited about something or you want to do something, do it. Start before you're ready and just do it. Yes. Take that leap of faith. (laughs) Take that leap. I trust you. (laughs) Don't do anything illegal. (laughs) And how can people connect with you? Ooh, you can connect with me on Instagram at katie.adhd. And um, you can find me on TikTok at Katie Sue Hugh. Yeah, I mean, you can always message me on there. I'm available on there. And then you can probably find all the information I've been talking about all this whole podcast at getlostretreats.com. Amazing. I'll include all your info in the show notes. Yes. Well, it has it's been such a pleasure 
connecting with you, Katie. And I'm so glad you said yes to coming on to the show today. It's been a great conversation. Yes, it has. Thank you so much, Carmen. I'm so happy to be here. I love talking to you and hearing your story and kind of talking about why this all kind of started. And I'm I'm really grateful for this community because of this community and everything that we've been working towards. I got to connect with you and meet you. And you've been such a kind, supportive soul in my life the past few weeks. So I really appreciate that. And I'm so grateful to have you as a friend. And I'm I'm so proud of you with this podcast because I know it's it's not easy to have. <laughs> it's it a full-time sure job. Not, but I'm glad so, to have special guests come yes. on, such as yourself. Awesome. Well, I'll be back anytime you need me. What an amazing conversation with Katie Sue. She's such a bright light in this world, always willing to help others and share her ADHD journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it with someone you know. You can also subscribe to the show so you don't miss any further episodes or rate and review the show. If you just rate it, that would be amazing. I am a one-woman show, so I do all the recording, the editing, and the production of this podcast. Leaving a review or rating the show would be amazing as that helps me get the podcast out into the world and more people listening to it. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Amazing Possibility or my website at IamCarmenShields.com. And I'll leave you with this last and final thought. What amazing possibilities have you not considered in your life today? Until next time. Hi, this is Christina Singh, founder of Amplify Her Media and the host of the Amplify Her podcast. I am so, so excited that you're listening to this show right now. And I wanted to invite you to come listen to the Amplify Her podcast as well. Every week on my show, I interview an incredible woman about her story, who she is, and everything in between. My goal is to amplify and uplift women's voices and stories. Women's voices are powerful and their stories deserve to be heard. So come on over and listen to an episode of the Amplify Her podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, or SoundCloud. I cannot wait for you to hear it. And remember, your voice matters and your story matters.